This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. It is November 15th, 2023. We're live streaming on Rumble Locals and YouTube. Share, subscribe, tap that notification bell if you have not. And if you want to join us for the post-game show, as always, rubinreport.locals.com. And that is also where, if you'd like to join us on our new live call-in show, which airs every day, well, except for Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. So really Mondays through Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's called People of the Internet because we talk to you and you talk to us and we communicate and try to figure some stuff out. Uh, you can submit questions and join us live at rubenreport.locals.com. The theme of the program today is that we are getting close to the point where if you do not stand up for yourself and your values and your family and your community and your nation and your heritage and all of that stuff, you're gonna give it away. We might be giving it away already, I think more of us are starting to realize that we've uh, kind of let this slide a little bit too long, uh, but it is time to push back and it's time to push back by saying what you think. It's time to push back by going against the corporations that would gladly financially, financially penalize any of us for saying what we believe. It's time to push back against the education institutions uh, that are teaching us all the wrong things. And it's time to push back against the politicians who are the sort of hack panderers of the day who are using all of the division uh, to just attain more and more power. Like we are getting close to the precipice, folks. And uh, it's a time for choosing. I think I came up with that phrase just, just now. Uh, before we get to all that, let me talk to you guys about gravity, defier shoes, and then I promise you we've got a deep one today. Uh, guys, I wanna tell you about something that's been making my days a whole lot easier. Gravity defier shoes. These shoes are something else. I mean, I'm a fan of comfortable footwear, as you all know. But these shoes take it to a whole new level. More than just shoes, they're basically clouds for your feet. I'm not kidding. In a double-blind study by Olive View UCLA Medical Center and published in the Journal of the American Podiatric Medical Association, participants experienced 85% less knee pain. It's the most powerful shock absorption system put into a shoe. Gravity Defier has this patented VersoShock technology. It's like a mini trampoline in your shoes. Whether you're strolling through the park, running errands, or even just lounging at home, these shoes have got your back, or I should say your feet. Even better, they're stylish. You get both comfort and style that looks great and feels great. So here's the deal. This Gravity Defier offer is exclusive to the Rubin Report. Head over to gdefy.com, gdefy.com. Use the promo code Rubin20 at checkout and get an extra $20 off your order. This $20 discount is a thank you gift from Gravity Defier for you being with us today. Why not, your, why not treat your feet to some well-deserved comfort? Check out gdefy. Dot com. Use promo code Ruben20 and give your feet the love they need. To me. I felt uh, that was like an evening read right there. That's what you got out of me this morning. All right. Let's talk about pushing back. Because we know the barbarians are at the gate. And as I often quote my good friend Douglas Barry, one day the barbarians will be at the gate 
and we will debating we will be debating what gender pronouns to call them. Well, they're there. They're here. They're marching through our streets. They're calling for genocide. Uh, we have members of Congress who are siding with the terrorist group. We are watching Western values be shredded in the cities of the West. And it's not just the kind of foot soldiers that you see out on the street. It's also how corporations behave related to anyone who pushes back ever so slightly on any of the important issues of the day. So I want to start by showing you two clips from uh, Theo Vaughn's podcast. We've shown you a couple clips of uh, Theo Vaughn over the years. Uh, Theo Vaughn's a comedian, and he had UFC president Dana White on, and they were talking about how an advertiser told Theo to take down his podcast with RFK Jr. I think you will see how this will set us up for the rest of the program, go. When you do a sponsorship deal with somebody, you have to look deep into who they are and you know who's running the company who's making the decisions and are you aligned yeah i love that man yeah because we had robert kennedy jr on and we had a company call or a couple companies call after that and say yeah just stuff about them we're not advertising on this episode my advertisers like you guys need to take the episode down you know and uh and and we ended up and what's wrong with him nothing nothing guy's fucking brilliant and i've known guy's a smart I've known him for seven years. Great guy. Right. Aunt, I mean, a neat man. Right. I, I've never met him. Yeah. I've only watched his stuff. And, and you got this whole Democrat, Republican, fucking all this crazy bullshit. He's a fucking Democrat. Yeah. Right? But now they hate him just because he doesn't believe. like He's this. a Democrat with common sense. Right. Yeah. Right? He's like an old school Democrat. Yeah. And smart guy, whatever. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. This is America. You can have whoever you want on your podcast. You can do whatever the you want to do. Imagine a sponsor that's sponsoring you, calling you and telling you that you can't have this guy. What sponsor did it? Um, I, it? I, let me think. And I'm not afraid to name him. I don't know if I remember. I really don't. Right. I don't know if I believe you, but okay. That's fair. Um, <laughs> All right, first off, at the end of today's show, uh, Theo Vaughn suddenly does remember what sponsor it was. You're gonna actually be quite shocked because it's a fairly huge company. So we're gonna play a clip at the end. I do wanna give a shout out to Connor, who's been working overtime today. Uh, Connor's my director, of course. And I told him before the show, could we bleep some of the F-bombs there? Or could we, I, well, I said, could we bleep all the F-bombs? There were so many F-bombs there that he, he could not bleep all of them. We lost control of the F-bombs. So he's working hard. You're still getting your guacamole with your Chipotle today. I appreciate it. But yes, we're going to play some other clips that some more F-bombs are going to be thrown out there. And as you guys know, I've been trying to control them myself, despite the state of the world. Anyway, to address what's going on there specifically, RFK Jr. is obviously not so radically outside of anything that any sane person could, could call decent that you would not be allowed to have a podcast with a sponsorship just because he was the guest, right? Like we all know that. Now, I disagree with RFK on a bunch of stuff, his climate stuff, he's for reparations, he was against the affirmative action decision that the Supreme Court made, and I had him on the show and talked about that stuff. He invited me to do an event with him, if you haven't seen it, it's on our channels now, in LA a couple weeks ago, despite the fact that he knows that I'm supporting DeSantis. Like the guy is as freaking decent a Democrat as you are going to get in 2023. But the reason I wanted to start off with that clip is what you are now seeing, and, and well, you guys have been seeing it for quite some time, and certainly if you do what I do for a living, you've been seeing it for quite some time, 
is that there are a series of corporations that want to make sure that if you talk to people who are just a little bit different, say in this case with RFK, it's mostly because he left the Democratic Party and he's been so critical of them when it comes to COVID stuff, they want to make sure that nobody will talk to him because they won't be able to make a dime doing it, right? If every podcaster is like, well, like, okay, I've got an interview show, RFK, wow, he's polling at about 20%, which for an independent is pretty nuts. He's going after the Dems, that's pretty good. He's an old school Democrat, he's got Kennedy in the last name, like this is a guy I should talk to. But then if you look at your numbers and you're like, I'm running a business and I have to hire a director and a producer and a social media guy and an editor and all that. And oh, I'm not going to make a dime while doing it, which means you will lose money because you still got to pay your people. Well, that is the type of corporate coercion that actually tramples on speech. And we are seeing it repeatedly. I do want to note that Dana White and the UFC obviously have a deal with Rumble and we started Locals and ultimately when we merged with Rumble and the reason I do this show in partnership with Rumble right now is not only because I'm a part owner, but we built an ad system. So every time I read an ad for Gravity to Fire as I did today or whatever it might be, we know these guys aren't gonna bail on us. So we actually are building that alternate economy. Now I wanna show you one more clip from that uh, show, uh, which here is Dana now talking about how he's gotten into crap when he's taken pictures with Donald Trump, but, uh, he does not sit down and take crap. He stands up and pushes back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Imagine, and this happened to me too. This, this happened to me. I posted a video for Trump, right? Mm -hmm. On my personal social media. And one of our big sponsors called and said, take that down. You know what I said? Go f yourself. Yeah. You vote for whoever you want to vote for and I'll vote for whoever I want to vote for. That's how this works. I don't even care who you're voting for. It's none of my business. Well, f you. Yeah. Don't ever call me and tell me who to vote for. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of people feel in fear these days. You know, yeah. a lot of people feel in fear that if they don't vote for certain people, they're going to lose their jobs. Yeah. I mean, it's Hollywood, for example. Think about how crazy that is. It sounds insane. It yeah. sounds just like. Well, it'll keep happening unless more people stand up for themselves yeah. and give them the you response. I will right. never, ever answer to a advertiser. Never. I've been through it. <laughs> yeah. Believe me. Yeah. Listen, no, this I'm is sure. really easy solution. Pay me what you owe me and you go your way and I'll go mine. Pretty easy solution. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, you can't ever let these, these people hold you hostage or try to, you know, try to change who you are or what you stand for or, um, try to, try to, uh, determine how you're going to run your business. Yeah. That Starting to think that the bleep button doesn't really accomplish anything. <laughs> How many times did you have to, Connor's finger is like this. He's like, look at my hand. I'm trying to bleep all the Fs as if you don't know what he's saying. Anyway, we're, tr we're trying to keep it somewhat family friendly. But the point is that that is the attitude with the F-bombs. That is the attitude. It is the only way that we will ever get out of this madness. Again, 
Whether you are taking a video with Donald Trump or you are doing an interview with RFK or whatever it might be within, within the basic parameters of what a free society can tolerate, if corporations are gonna silence you for that, we better start building alternative things. And oh yeah, well, that's exactly what we're doing. And again, why we're on Rumble and Locals and everything else. So now I wanna connect this to sort of more widely what's been happening in the mainstream media. And yesterday, our, our show got bananas views yesterday. And a lot of people were commenting that this, this sort of middle segment, middle 15 minutes that we did with all of the mainstream media people who have been given the notes once again, they gotta double down on calling Trump a Nazi because we have people out on the streets who are calling for the genocide of the Jews and praising Hitler and all that, but they're on the Palestinian side, let's say, of this thing, and they're not white supremacists. So we better ramp up the Donald Trump and his supporters are white supremacists kind of thing to freak them out because also Trump is now polling uh, quite well and beating uh, Joe Biden in five of the six swing states. And as you guys know, unfortunately, the situation we're at in America now is that really it's those swing states kind of are the only ones that matter, right? We know which way Florida is gonna vote. We know which way California is gonna vote. Anywho, misinformation specialist from the televised mental institution known as MSNBC, Rachel Maddow, went on Stephen Colbert's quote-unquote comedy show last night, and you're not going to believe who she compared Trump to. And did very well against it. Um, that is the hopeful nature of this yes. book, which, which I want to get into in just a moment. Yeah. But first, I want to ask you about what's been happening recently on, on Veterans Day, on a Veterans Day speech. Trump called the left vermin and fascists and you know what you were thing or about fascism in this book why do you think he's leaning into these comparisons yeah i think it's important that it very clearly wasn't an ad lib this wasn't something that uh he riffed on it was seemed to have been in his teleprompter trump did that at the same time that we've had these leaks kind of official leaks from his campaign that he wants to build camps for millions of people, um, that he wants Professional to, camps, though. Professional-looking camps. I like <laughs> yes, the no-crocs yeah, exactly. element. It's, it's, it's just yeah. classes it up a lot. Yeah. But camps for millions of people in Americans. He also wants to invoke something called the Insurrection Act, which will allow him to use U.S. military force against American civilians at home. And he says he's going to invoke that on day one, which would give him, from that day forward, the ability to use the army against us at home. Um, so doing... Floating all of those things at once and calling his opponents vermin, he's deliberately inviting the criticism that he is behaving like a Hitler or Mussolini-style fascist. There's so much there. So first off, you know, just quickly on the word vermin, because maybe it is true. I think you could probably make some argument that maybe someone who wants to be president, who was president, shouldn't call his opponents vermin. It's a little different when, say, a, a pundit or a media guy makes fun of the other half, but I, maybe you could argue something around that, but I, at the same time, I can make the counter argument, which is you guys run around calling him Hitler and all the Republicans white supremacists all the time. So vermin or white supremacists, like we could probably go either way on that. Uh, as far as using the military and building camps and everything else, it's not against the Americans. He's talking about how to deal with the illegal immigrants and the people that are here who are at these rallies who are radically anti-America and we've completely lost control of. Uh, again, either you 
have a country or you don't. But the, the broader point, without even getting into the minutia of all of that, is that they are ramping up the Trump is Hitler thing. They have people out on the streets, their base, the MSNBC base, the Democrat base, the Ilhan Omar, Hamas caucus, Rashida Tlaib crew. They have thousands of people in our streets calling for the genocide of the Jews and these clowns have the gall to say that Donald Trump is the next Hitler. It's just completely insane. But speaking of completely insane, there's another guy that's on late night TV. Nobody really cares about this guy. Nobody cares about this guy. Does anyone watch this show? I, I, we, we've shown a couple clips of him, I suppose. Uh, Seth Meyers, nobody's interested in this, but I guess he's just part of the machine, so you get a job. Okay, you don't really say anything. 20 writers to be that funny, which is deeply, deeply depressing. All I have is Connor and his busted finger. Uh, anyway, uh, here's Seth Meyers calling, well, racist and the stuff. This dip racist doofus thinks he can swoop in and set up a dictatorship in 2024 despite having like nine sets of handcuffs on him. First of all, he's surrounded by moronic criminal goons like Rudy Giuliani and Steve Bannon who can barely string a coherent sentence together without simultaneously committing a crime. Here, that's openly fascist rhetoric and too many Americans have become numb to it because it's Trump and he's a big sweaty moron who can barely string three words together and sometimes he dances on stage like a guy in the locker room who's trying to towel off his ball sack. But Trump is very much planning on completing his authoritarian takeover if he wins in 2024. And it's clear he's got the support of the Republican Party, which has become a movement fundamentally opposed to democracy. Yes, yes, we're all very impressed that you get your same lines from the same people doing the other late night shows who are all on the same time as you and all the corporations put out the same fools, whether it's Jimmy Kimmel or Stephen Colbert or you, that's fine. So the other thing, it's Trump and Hitler, right? It's Hitler and Nazis and all that. The other one is fascism. And I want to talk about fascism for a moment because fascism is the confluence of corporate power and government power. That's what fascists like to do. They like to combine these things and step, you know, put the boot on you, the citizen. Now, does that sound a more like Donald Trump and MAGA or does it sound more like what the Democrats have been doing, say, with ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post? Uh, they're also putting the guy up on all of these tr trumped up charges, federal cases and state cases, trying to take away his New York City business license. It's like you, you don't want the guy to run for president, so you have these federal cases, and then you're also in New York trying to take away his business license so he can't even, license so he can't even run hotels. Which one sounds more like fascism? What would a fascist government do to people they don't like? It would make sure they couldn't work, it would make sure that they couldn't run for office, et cetera, et cetera. But the point is that if they call Trump Hitler, then they will call you a Nazi. Now, once again, we return to MSNBC and Jen Psaki. Here she has Karen Dunn talking about how it's uh, white supremacists at those pro-Hamas rallies. I did not know that. I just want to start with, because I think when people hear this, they're like, wait, what? Why are white supremacists showing up at these pro-Palestinian rallies? What do they want out of this? Well, Overall, Jen, and thanks for having me, uh, what they want is they want an all-white ethnostate in North America. And as crazy as that sounds, that's actually an articulated goal of the neo-Nazi and white supremacist movement in the U.S. And one of the things that helps them rally the troops uh, is anti-Semitism. So now in the U.S. we're experiencing a massive uptick in anti-Semitism. Incidents are up something like 388 percent. 
And the white supremacists, neo-Nazi groups see an opportunity to advance some of the same themes, some of the same anti-Semitic tropes that they've been plugging away at for years. I don't know what she is talking about. I mean, I understand that she's making up a story that there are white supremacists at the pro-Hamas rallies, but we've looked at a lot of the videos. We couldn't find any neo-Nazis there. Uh, if you can find neo-Nazis hanging out with the brown Arab people screaming, kill the Jews, generally, generally speaking, neo-Nazis, let's say, white supremacists who want white people to reign supreme, uh, they don't hang out with a lot of brown people who, many of whom are illegal in the country. That would be considered an, that, yeah, you know, I was doing the math earlier, it's a little confusing. So there's literally no evidence of that, but you can see exactly what they want, the brainwashed, non-playable characters who watch MSNBC to think, oh my God, it's not the brown people who are screaming from the river to the sea and Hitler is great and kill all the Jews. It's not those guys are the bad guys, it's the white people who are with them. Anyway, here's a pro-Hamas rally outside of Joe Biden's Delaware home. Try to spot the white supremacists. Maybe we should probably throw this in slow motion, but we'll, we'll do regular speed and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, we just don't know where the white supremacists are. But again, if you're a white supremacist at a Hamas rally, we want to hear from you. Join us at rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, the thing that these people do have in common, regardless of skin color, is they're all Democrats. They are all Democrats. And when they chant from the river to the sea, it is from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. And you're not going to believe what's there the place where the Jews live. So they are calling for genocide. They know damn well what they're doing uh, when they go on TV and pretend that they don't. And it's a call for peace and coexistence and everything else. It's like, well, actually, there's one place in the Middle East that has some level of coexistence and tolerance and equality for Jews and Arabs and Muslims and Christians and everything else. It's the place you're trying to wipe off the map. Okay, I know you guys got it. Uh, so let's go from Delaware to Dearborn, Michigan, which is ground zero for the Hamas movement in the United States. Of course, that's Rashida Tlaib's district. And look what flags they put on the official Dearborn Heights sign. That is government property that now have the flags of Hamas. And again, you can say, no, that's the Palestine flag. Palestine is not a state, nor ever was a state. Who was the prime minister? Who was the president? You get all that stuff. Okay, fine. Um, but the idea that a putting aside whether you think it's a Hamas flag or not, right? Uh, the idea that a foreign entity's flag is now hanging on state property in a district run by Rashida Tlaib, who obviously is a Hamas supporter, uh, I think this is a bit of a problem. And speaking of problems, you know, one of the things I keep saying is it, I think there is a somewhat principled position, not, not exactly principled, but I think there's, there's a decent human position to just be like, you know, I don't really care about the Jews that much just not gonna get involved, and I don't really care about Israel that much, I'm just not gonna get involved. But the problem is these people, the people who are going after the Jews and Israel, they care about you, and they care about your freedoms. And it doesn't matter whether you live in New York City, Dearborn, Michigan, in Brussels, Paris, London, or elsewhere, because they are here for all of your Western values. And here is just a little compilation of the last couple days of pro-Hamas rallies across the West.
نهرها إلى نهرها أرض الإسلام وإن إسبانيا الأندلس أرض إسلام وإننا سنصل ما بعد هذه الدول التي ضاعت في زمن ما ونبشرهم بأننا على موعد أن نفتح روما والآن ستنتهي أمريكا وأوروبا المتحدة Very clear They're saying you and the West are next Tomorrow they're going to attack Berlin, London or Paris Don't stand up and understand that they have a mission to eliminate us all You don't really get it Wake up and make sure that you're on the right side of history Yeah, yeah you better wake up. Again, there is some, it's not exactly principled, as I said, but there, there is some, I get like the just, I don't want anything to do with this thing. That fight is over there. All of that stuff. But they are telling you what they are coming for. And they're coming for all of our uh, freedoms and our values and our culture and everything else. So we cannot sit idly by anymore. If we do not stand up for what we believe in right now, it will be gone. And if you have kids, let's say, it is your duty to hand them a better world than you were inherited from your parents. And do you want to be the person that says to your kid, whoops, forgot to do that. I forgot to do that because I buried my head in the sand. Of course, you only get beheaded a little bit lower on the neck. So we better preserve our nation, our family, our heritage and our values, or we are in a lot of trouble. So now I'd like to contrast those deeply depressing rallies where, by the way, some in some cases, it's not just the Hamas flag, it's the ISIS flag, and they're calling for Muslim armies to take over Europe and a whole bunch more. I wanna contrast that to what happened yesterday in Washington, D.C., and it was rather extraordinary. There was a pro-Israel and pro-America rally in America, who knew? And yes, there were Israeli flags, but there were just as many American flags, and 290,000 people showed up at the mall in D.C. to rally for Israel and for America and for freedom and Western values and all that stuff. And former ambassador to Israel from the UN under Donald Trump, who, who was really one of the architects of the Abraham Accords, uh, David Friedman, he had a great tweet on this. He said 290,000 people showing up in DC. That is the largest gathering of Jews since Mount Sinai. Remember Mount Sinai? That's where Moses came down with the Ten Commandments. You've seen the movie, right? Anyway, here's just a, a clip of that. that's Hatikva, that's the Israeli national anthem. And does that feel a little bit different? All of those American flags, nobody was wearing masks, dressed like Cobra soldiers from GI Joe. They didn't burn anything down. They cleaned up after they left. They didn't splash paint all over the White House or try to scale the fence or anything like that. And yes, they even sang the US national anthem. So Chills. I guarantee some of you got chills watching that because I know that I did. And that is us. That is America. That is our 250 plus year history and heritage 
of goodness and decency and watching out for the minorities and making sure that there are individual rights and preserving our constitution and our bill of rights. And that's what that's all about. And I can tell you, uh, it would be a beautiful thing if right now in light of the, the absolute medieval insanity that we saw on October 7th, if it was those people out there right now that sparked uh, those 300,000, roughly 300,000 people. I mean, it's an awful lot of people. There aren't that many Jews in the world. Only about 15 million Jews altogether. And obviously those are all weren't Jews. They were Christians and I'm sure there were Muslims there and everything else. Uh, but wouldn't it be nice if as it felt like we were going off the cliff, going to that endless abyss and, and had decades of just sectarian violence in America and just God only knows what could be on the other side if we give this thing away. Wouldn't it be nice if we grab some of that feeling right there and, and take that into our lives and figure out a better way to live and start calling out the BS artists and the grifters and, and the rest of it before they take power. That's my plan. I think it's probably something you're thinking about too. Uh, but the point is uh, we have to become one again. And I don't mean one meaning we all have to believe the same things, but we have to start believing that Capitalism is good and worth fighting for and our founding documents and the history of America and all of those things. Because if that does not happen, we will import leaders who will upend the entire system. So now I wanna go across the globe. I wanna to go to Western Europe and to Spain uh, because something absolutely extraordinary is happening in Spain right now. There are hundreds of thousands of Spaniards on the streets protesting because they want democracy and they want capitalism, and it is, uh, they are watching their country being turned into a socialist nation, and they are not happy about it. So thousands and thousands of people are out there not burning the city down, not ripping up Spanish flags, very similar to what we just saw in DC yesterday. Uh, let me give you a little background info from Reuters here. Uh, tens of thousands of people protested across Spain on Sunday against acting Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez's plans to grant amnesty to Catalan separatists in exchange for support for another term in office. The government secured a deal with Catalan separatists party, Junts, on Thursday, which includes passing a contentious law granting amnesty to those convicted over Catalonia's attempt to secede from Spain in 2017. The deal sent shockwaves around the country with Sanchez's conservative opponents accusing him of putting the rule of law on the line for his own political gain. We will not shut up until there are new elections, People Party leader Alberto Nunez Viejo told a cheering crowd packed into Madrid's Puerta del Sol Square. Authorities said 80,000 people turned out in Madrid, while the PP, which had called for protests in cities across Spain, put the total closer to one million. Many held Spanish and EU flags, as well as banners with slogans including respect the constitution. Many people that I know who vote for the socialists feel absolutely disappointed because Sanchez never said the amnesty would be part of his program, said Macalda Haranz Castro, 64 years old. So I wanna, well, I'll explain a little bit more about that because I know that's in the weeds, but let me just show you a bit of the protests happening in Spain right now. Yeah, so thousands and thousands of people, maybe a million people. I mean, that is absolutely extraordinary. And they are pro Spain, they are pro-democracy, and they are against making deals with socialists to upend their society. Let me just say, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that I'm an absolute expert 
in Spanish politics. So we will bring on some people to talk about it at a more in-depth level. But I am telling you, this is one of these markers that you see every now and again, where you see something happening in another country and you go, something is happening there that is important. Another way you might know that it's important is that Tucker Carlson is in Spain right now, out there protesting with the people trying to save their country. Check this out. Anybody who would violate your constitution, potentially use physical violence to end democracy is a, is a tyrant, is a dictator. And this is happening in the middle of Europe. So uh, we thought it deserved more coverage than it's getting. If your government is allowing foreigners to come in and hurt you, they're committing war against you. You know, our news media doesn't report a lot of things. And in our time here, it's very obvious that the socialists in an alliance with the separatists are trying to end the rule of law in Spain. If you don't have freedom of speech, you don't have the freedom to defend yourself, and you can't vote your way out of it, the system is rigged, and you're in real trouble, real trouble. So I, I'm really rooting for your success. Is the world actually seeing how um, important is what is happening here? No, no, the world is not seeing how important it is. Um, but we hope to change that. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Thank you very much. Thank you. We hope to change that indeed, and Tucker Carlson is doing the right thing. Again, I, I'm not an expert in every little bit of what is happening on the ground there, uh, but does the idea of the elites flooding your country with people who shouldn't be there and growing signs of socialism and stamping down on dissent and all of that kind of stuff, that sound like maybe it's kind of a little bit of what's going on here too, so you might want to care what's happening in Spain, right? That's why these things, you don't have to care about the Jews particularly, but you might wanna care about what's happening to Israel, a Western democracy in a place where it, there isn't a lot of that. You may not care about the Spanish people specifically, or you might not care about Western Europe, but you might go, oh, there's something happening there that could kinda happen here. And of course, because of the internet and because of phones, our connectivity and the ability for these riots whether they're riots to tear down societies or whether they're protests to uphold the goodness of society, they can spread like wildfire. So this is what's happening in America right now. We have a political party, and, and by the way, the Republicans kind of suck too, right? But we have a political party, the Democrats, that are trying to flood America with non-Westerners who will vote for Democrats. And then eventually they will have the House, they will have the Senate, they will have the White House, and what will they do? But you know what? It's not just them because yes, I often say, I am a Florida Republican very proudly. First time I ever registered as a Republican here in Florida. But the National Republican Project, I don't know what to make of it. I really do not know what to make of it. Now I wanna jump uh, from that back to the states and to what's going on with some of our presidential candidates right now. Because Nikki Haley, and I consider myself friendly with Nikki Haley, she's had dinner at my house, she is a fine, a fine lady. I obviously do not agree with her on everything. Uh, she said something that was, that was pretty scary a couple days ago on the Ruthless podcast. Uh, she went on there uh, and she, you'll see she's now, I think we're showing you a Fox News clip if I'm not mistaken, right? It's from Fox News. She followed up on the notion that she brought up on the Ruthless podcast about how she wants to require every person on social media to be verified by ID, meaning no anonymous accounts on social media, uh, here she is. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's, first of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, 
all of a sudden people have to stand by what they say and it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family member is going to see it. It's going to help our kids and it's going to help our country. Okay, so there, there's a couple of things here. First off, the, the first concept that she said, which is that I would go into the social media companies and make them show their algorithms. We've discussed this before. It is unclear if the social media companies know what's going on in their algorithms altogether. As Elon Musk literally told me personally, the, the Twitter code is a fractal Rube Goldberg machine. Remember Rube Goldberg machine, the beginning of Pee Wee Herman's big adventure, the ball that drops into the thing and it fills up the water and it knocks down the dominoes and everything else, and a fractal version of that, meaning it is so layered, it is so confused, it's been written 20 years ago by many people who are no longer at the company. And by the way, this goes for Google, this goes for Facebook, this goes for YouTube and everywhere else. That the idea that the that government agents could walk in to Google or Twitter or elsewhere and be like, show us the algorithm, like some middle management, pathetic government employee with a hard hat could, well, I want to see the algorithm and I'm going to figure it out. Like the very notion of that is is sort of completely ridiculous. The the concept, like intellectually. Would it be nice if we knew what the algorithms were saying and which way they were pushing you? If you happen to watch a Rubin Report video and I say something that might, let's say, push you this way a little bit, is the YouTube algorithm trying to counter that with a whole bunch of other things because they don't want you to think things that I think? So the concept in theory actually makes some sense that we should know about the algorithms. Uh, but in terms of what the government can do and how the government might use that against you ultimately, I think you see my point. Now, on the on the more sort of, uh, let's say, scary side of this thing. Uh, she's saying that uh, anonymous accounts online are a national security threat. And she's talking about these Russian and Iranian bots and all that. First off, there's, there's two different things happening here. On one hand, the ability for people to be anonymous online, look, I find it to be a massive headache all the time, right? Because the people that write the worst things to me all day long, all day long, and I assure you in the last month, it's been worse than ever, they're always anonymous. That's like, that's how it is. And you have no idea which ones of them are bots. And, and now with AI, they can, the bots can be really clever and really come across like they're people. But the idea that people should be allowed to be anonymous, you know, the Federalist Papers were written by anonymous founders of this country. Uh, because they did not want to get in trouble with the king over in Britain, you know? So the, you, there is obviously a reason that people should be able to have anonymity as annoying as it is. Now, if she wanted to figure out a way to encourage, let's say, the big tech companies to go after the bots, yes, the bots are a huge problem because what's happening is we're seeing people be swarmed so that, that you cannot gauge what's true. So if you were to just say something something completely, um, completely ambivalent, right? Water is wet. You will get a jillion bots in your account. You think you're a racist because you think water's wet. What about vapor and blah, blah, blah? And they look like real people and it can actually dysregulate what you think. And then three days later, you're like, I don't know if water is wet. So there is a problem with bots and the people who are manipulating all of that. And we know obviously a huge amount is coming out of Russia and China and Iran and everywhere else. But the idea that you would take away anonymity altogether is nuts. I would say one other thing on this and then I'll move on. When we created Locals and we were trying to figure out, well, how do we deal with all the haters? Because so much of the internet is filled with hate. My general premise was if we just charge a couple bucks a month to people, that will, that will basically clean up all of the bad behavior. And if it doesn't, if someone comes in my locals community to constantly tell me I'm evil or I'm an asshole or everyone else here is horrible or a racist, 
then I can kick them out of my locals community the way I wouldn't invite someone into my home to call me all of those things. But if you wanna call me all those things from the public square, from the local park, you can still do that. So you could still be in someone else's locals community. So anyway, I mentioned that not even to promote locals as much to just say there are mature ways to think about these things. The idea that we would just give the power to the government uh, to surveil us and tell us what we can say and when we can say it, uh, especially a couple of years out of COVID, that seems like a problem. Uh, speaking of COVID and crazy people and surveillance and everything else, Kathy Hochul, who is the, uh, well, we call her Kathy Seward here. She is uh, the governor of New York. Uh, she's very excited because uh, she's gonna be conducting surveillance on social media to combat also, we're very focused on the data we're collecting from surveillance efforts, what's being said on social media platforms. And we have launched an effort to be able to counter some of the negativity and reach out to people when we see hate speech being spoken about on, on online platforms. Uh, Kathy, that's against the Constitution. If someone is making a direct threat, if they are saying they're going to come kill someone, we already have laws around that. Uh, there is no such thing as hate speech. The Supreme Court has already ruled on that. One person's hate speech is another person's free speech. All of you, you guys understand all that. But now she is using the government of New York to surveil what people say online. And of course, this shouldn't surprise us because we now know through the Twitter files and everything else and through government hearings and what Jim Jordan released uh, you know, a week and a half ago or so, uh, that this is what the government has been doing. And the real question is, can they just keep doing it because we don't seem to get rid of these people they keep coming back and then the Democrats keep electing them over and over and over. Kathy Hochul just won an election in New York. Uh, but I wanna connect this quickly, just jump back to the COVID times because there is a connection between the people who will gladly try to stop you from speaking right now and the very same people who are trying to lock you down, inject you with stuff and tell you what you had to wear on your face just two years ago. I today am announcing that we are enacting a statewide indoor mask mandate unless a business has a vaccination mandate. Yeah, and it turned out that the vaccine did not protect you from COVID nor stop you from spreading COVID and everything else on top of the fact that they had no right to do that in the first place and we have the right to assemble and you have the right to make medical decisions for yourself and everything else. So what is the point of all of this? How do we bring this all back to where we started in that uh, interview with Theo Vaughn and with Dana White? Well, the way you put this all together is that it is your chance right now. Again, it's, it's just getting shorter. Can you feel the end of the road getting a little bit closer if we don't do something soon? Uh, it is your chance right now to put your family, your country, and your values above all else, no matter how choppy the water is, no matter what they're saying about you. You're a Nazi, you're a bigot, blah, blah, blah because they are going to keep coming. So now I wanna jump back to that interview that we started with Dana White and Theo Vaughn. Check this out. Right. In COVID, they're laying people off and whatever, we didn't fucking lay anybody off. These, right, didn't you, didn't uh, you negate some of your salary or something? What'd you guys do? No, I said I would, but okay. I said, we're gonna go through this. We're not laying anybody off, we're going through this. Yeah. And um, you, you know, every Christmas party I get up on stage and tell, my fucking team, how much I love them and how important they are to me. And then the scariest time in our lifetime uh, hits and I'm like, hey, yeah, I love you guys so much. I'm going to fucking lay you off. Some of you have been with me 10, 15, 20 years. I'm one of these guys. The whole fucking ship goes down together yeah. or not at all. We're all fucking sinking, me included. Or we don't at all, you know. And, and uh, you know, that doesn't exist 
in, in this world that we live in today. Everybody's just so easy to pull the trigger and let go of some of their people. And no, it's um, something good. I need to hear that. You know, I, I'm not a UFC guy. Like, it's not something I really care about that much. I know millions and millions of people do, but I love people that stand up for what's right. I also want to uh, add that I, in the two businesses that I was running during COVID, did not fire anybody. We actually hired a couple people. We facilitated people being able to work from home. Um, and and on the locals front, we had a bunch of, just to connect this to something else, we had a bunch of programmers in Ukraine who we helped facilitate get to another country uh, so that they could move their families and be out of harm's way. Like there are ways that you can do something to help people and not to abandon all of your principles and everything else. And if we all start doing that, really, if we all start doing that, just whatever that means to you in your life, then you might be able to extrapolate that to a wider community, build up that way. So now, remember where we started. We started with Dana uh, asking Theo, well, who was the advertiser that said uh, that if you put the RFK interview up, we're not gonna advertise you, uh, advertise you, advertise with you anymore? Well, Theo actually did remember, and I'm pretty sure you've heard of this company, and I'm pretty sure you should not buy their products anymore. Go. Peloton was the, we just got an update. Um, it was Peloton, Peloton? Was the band, was the per people who wanted an ad out, Peloton. And yeah. meanwhile, you have RFK. So you, Peloton. You, yeah. What do they sell? Fucking bikes, the stationary bikes. <laughs> yeah, dude. Peloton <laughs> sells stationary bikes, and they got a problem with Robert fucking Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you, Peloton. What? Do do? Who the fuck are they? Yeah, first right. Of all, are yeah. you fucking kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Fucking Peloton calling bitching about Robert Kennedy. Yeah, dude. You want to go nowhere? Who? Who's the yeah, CEO you know. of Peloton? Uh, do we have Pelotons in the gym? Are those Peloton? Asports, no, no, there's bikes next to it. Asports, As yeah, we're getting rid of them. Yep. All right, first off, I did not know that the F in Robert F. Kennedy standed for, yeah, but uh, again, Connor completely lost control <laughs> and we didn't blur any of that, beep any of that. I'm sorry about that, really. I'm trying to control the F-bombs and a lot, I know a lot of you love it when I curse and it's like this like release of steam and everything else, but I know a lot of you are also watching this. There might be kids in the room and everything else. So we, we will try to control that a bit more. We just lost control. It was a lot, it was a lot, you know? You can only press that button so many times before you start losing your mind. Anyway, you got the point. What Dana White is doing there, fighting against these advertisers saying, I'm gonna get rid of my Peloton bikes right now. Like, that's what he said. And the on calling out the advertisers for doing that. And then people that will go ahead and build new things and UFC making a deal with Rumble, all of the stuff, guys, that is the chance. But the chance also is when there is a rally in your town that is a rally that is pro-America, pro the values you care about, maybe show up. Uh, you know, there's a, um, a, a diner in uh, a town in Long Island, I think it's in Huntington, a diner owned by a Greek guy, and he put up all of the posters of the missing people in Israel, and then he was getting boycotted, and there happens to be a lot of a lot of Jews in Long Island. They have been showing up in droves, in droves. I'm gonna try to get the guy on the show. I saw an interview with him, really nice guy, and it turns out he went to my high school by total coincidence. He's a couple years older than me, uh, but like he did something that he felt was important. He got pushback from a certain set of crazy people, and then good people started showing up and eating at his diner. And that's what we can do to save each other. We can stand up for what we believe. We can put our dollars where our values are. And maybe we'll turn this thing around. That is the mission. I leave you now, but I will be back with people of the internet at 1 p.m. with my co-host, Isabel Brown. My full interview from ARC in London with Dennis Prager is up across platforms right now. And oh, and by the way, if you have not 
followed us yet, I don't know that I've mentioned it on this show specifically, we have a new Twitter account that's gonna be just for clips of the show. So I'm, my Twitter account is gonna be more of my personal thoughts and then we're gonna promo Ruben Report stuff. It is at Ruben Report Show, at Ruben Report Show on X, Twitter, whatever the high hell you call it. I thank you for watching and we leave you with the cold clothes of the elderly man pretending to be president. That under Bidenomics, she won't have to leave home now to get a good job. I don't know how many times I heard and out on the road people saying, my kid came up to me and said he wanted to live in my basement and play Xbox all day. Well, under Bidenomics, we made that happen. I know all about staying in the basement. I ran a whole campaign from my basement. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.